Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Dillon. Hello. And that's it today. Paul, your daughter has let <laughs> the club down. I know. So what was, until Saturday, what was her uh, record in her lifetime? Played five, won five in her lifetime. Isn't it? Don't worry, she's up for adoption now. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not standing for that. Things were really looking up for for Newcastle. It yeah. seemed like she was the best new signing. Well, I think there's been a fair bit of doom and gloom after the weekend's result, but let's just remember it's five wins and one loss in the last six games. Yeah, there was a lot of consternation last week that uh, there wasn't a podcast. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact reasons. I You were in Ireland. I went to Ireland. That was yeah. a problem. I've got the in-laws staying. So to get away from them, you went to Ireland? No, we took the the in-laws. Uh, which means I've seen... I'm pretty up to date on what's been going on with Green Bay Packers. Good. Green Bay Packers have a player whose name is Ha-Ha Clinton Dix. <laughs> <laughs> that is his name. Wow. Yeah. Like that's like what it says in his stats. That is his name. It, he wasn't christened Ha Ha, I don't think, but that that's what he's always been called. Wow! So that's in his like. I'm thinking now again, bringing this back to our child, but we've still not gone to the registry place to register her name. So I might just switch it to Ha Ha Clinton Dix. It's all up for at the end. Like that's what the commentators say. We've no. I mean, obviously, everyone's over it now in America. Yeah. I know we have quite a few American listeners. You're like, listen, we all got over that a couple of years ago when we discovered this player. I want you to know it's still fucking <laughs> mental. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I there's a player called Ha Ha Clinton Dix. But, um, yeah. So, since the last podcast, um, up until Saturday, things were looking pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, we were, it was, I, think, I guess we were all starting to get into that, the the mindset that uh, many Newcastle fans were in before the start of the season, which is like, well, we're just going to run, run away with it. We're not going to lose a game. Well, I think as well, because we'd lost the first two games and then suddenly turned the corner, everybody thought that was just a blip at the start. We're going to be fine. Yeah. We know what we're doing. We're going to walk the league. I think it's a very dangerous division, even though we've made it look easy in certain games. 
I don't think you can relax in the championship and think we've got it from here. Every team's beatable. I guess it's just like, um, obviously we were in the championship a few years ago, so I guess it was the same then. I don't think this, this podcast didn't exist then. But I suppose it's a little bit what it's like being the fan of Man City or Chelsea or something. Yeah. In the sense that like every loss means something. Mm. Because you're going for the title. Yeah. Well, we're expected to win now. And it's a, a very weird position to be in. But I do think we need to get our expectations in check a bit. Yeah. Like there was booing at the end for the team I for not winning. That. That's it's ridiculous. They've just won five games in a row. You've just won away 6-0 as well. They're and then w- the first sign of trouble, start booing. I don't know. I guess, is that just people being dicks or is that down to sort of like some residual underneath the surface? You know, like, say, for example, if you were in a relationship where you've it looked like you were going to break up, mm. you've had some hard times, but then you've gone away on holiday <laughs> and you've... You're, you've got pissed together, you've you've seen some lovely sights, you've had some good sex, everything feels great, but then you have your first argument when you get back, and by the way, this is in no refer- way <laughs> refer- sounds- reference to the holiday that I've just come back from, <laughs> yeah, but you have your first know. argument when you, when you get back, and you know that, that those problems that are underneath the surface, they're still there. So the, what I'm talking about is the relationship between the fans and the club. I think the problem, still owned by Mike, Mike Ashley. There's still lots of... The problem with that analogy is Rafa Benitez is the holiday. So we're still on the holiday at the moment. That's The way we seem to be turning it around and we've finally got a manager who knows what he's doing and we finally invested in the players that we need for certain positions. We've got depth in every position. I don't think you can then start having a go at the team at the first... There's going to be no. bad games. So like, we're still on the holiday, yeah. but the Wolves game on Saturday was basically, we've got ourselves caught in a little bit of an argument because... Or we got we sunstroke or the shit. We've got something like that. Or we were like, we thought we had a restaurant reservation, but it wasn't sorted out. Yeah. And now we're just walking along the promenade fight, trying to find somewhere to eat. Yeah. And we're all a bit tired. Yeah. Um... So let's go back to when everything was great at the start of the holiday. We're at the start of the last couple of weeks. I won't, I'll give up on that. <laughs> Keep going with the holiday analogy. Yeah. Um, we we've just the, landed on the tarmac. <laughs> yeah. Well, since the last podcast, uh, we played Derby. Um, away? No, at home. Was it a home Derby? Sorry, no, it was away. We played Derby away. And uh, we won 2-0. And uh, Gufran scored a beauty, an absolute beauty. And there was a little bit of talk about it on the last podcast, I remember. But I guess we should pay homage to the resurgence of Johan Gufran, right? Yeah. I think we have to. He seems to have been turned around. I think we missed him against Wolves, which I don't think anyone could imagine even a few months ago, saying we missed Johan Gufran. 
but he does seem transformed. He seems to be playing like consistently well. I think under certain managers before, he was just set up to defend, whereas he looks like he can actually get forward now. He looks more like the Gufran who started his career at Newcastle because he was he had quite a decent goals return at first as well. Yeah, he's a useful player. He's got yeah, he's got uh, some technique there, and I imagine well, he's the sort of player who in he would walk into pretty much any other championship side. Yeah, he? I wonder whether if we kept Sylvain Marvo, he'd be having a resurgence now. Yeah. Know. You never, well, he was always injured as well, although that seems to have disappeared at the club, the injury problems. I saw that uh, Obertan scored at the weekend. Yeah, he's been played as a striker for yeah. his new club, which I didn't realise somebody on Twitter was saying like he had been played as a striker for us in a reserve game and right. scored a hat-trick. So right. it must be something he can do. Yeah. Probably against quite weak defences. Yeah. Um... And then on last Tuesday night, we played QPR away. Yeah. It was a game I very much had my eyes on going to. But the fucking in-laws were staying. (laughs) (laughs) I really wanted to go to that game. Yeah. Um, But I couldn't get it sorted. So that was gutting. Um, but at least we only won 6 nil. <laughs> the best away victory since the 60s, I think. Yeah. Um, couple of goals from Shelby. First one was a bit of a... Uh, was the first one... The oh, one. no, the, it was the second one that was the, the corker, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the first one was the one that rolled in off two, sort of two deflections or something. They all count. They all count. They all count, Paul. But he did seem to be, positionally, he seemed to actually be playing sort of not in the way he has previously. He was sort of hanging around at the edge of the box. He wasn't trying to do everything. Right. And he had plenty of movement around him. It was, like, by all accounts, it was just, we looked like a unit that would just attack with 10 men and defend with 10 men. Yeah. Well, we obviously caught QPR on a bad night as well. And then we were, we had our, our um, spirits up, or whatever you, whatever the phrase is, tails up, tails up. Yeah, it's not often that we get our best results away in London, but nice to see. And the second Shelby ball goal, <sighs> I mean, it's it's rare that you see a a ball uh, curve that much and down as well, like the the, the dip. height, yeah. The dip and swerve was just amazing. We were watching the goals on Sky Sports News uh, with the in-laws and uh, my American in-law father um, said, is that a curveball? How do you do a curveball in soccer? How do you do a curveball? Did it remind him of Ha Ha Clinton Dix? Clinton Dix. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a great game, the QPR one. I don't want that to get lost just because we've had a defeat against Wolves. Like no, we, no. Up until a couple of days ago, you just think we are looking the best we've looked in seasons. Maybe there's something about the fact that most people aren't seeing the games. So, mm. I don't know, Here's here I go with another one of my theories. But even most of the f- season ticket holders... 
in the stadium on Saturday watching us lose against Wolves, they won't have, they'll have only seen the goals from the QPR game. So they don't, they're not all full up with warmth in their bellies from the, do you know what I mean? They haven't been rewarded by... I don't know. If you're going to a game second in the league, you know you're doing well. Of course, but they, they didn't see it. Yeah. I mean, they know they know that they're doing well, but do you know what I mean? Like, but if, then you, the if you'd have seen was... it, you might have, had, you might have a bit more goodwill towards the team. I think if you sat through the Brighton game and thought, this is going to be a really tough one, and then seen us just really efficiently break a team down... Yeah, and you sort of. I thought that was quite a boring game. It was quite a boring game, but that's what I quite liked about it. Okay, like the six nil was great, but the Brighton one showed that. Because I think in this division, a lot of the time we're going to have to play boring and just edge games, or just be too sort of ruthless, and that's what we were there. And there was quite a bit of rotation. Yeah, and uh, Perez. It was we scored five goals. No, we scored. Four goals in the second half. Perez got a goal in the, the first half. Well, Perez as well was being played as a number 10. Well, we were sort of 4-4-2 or 4-4-1-1, depending on whether we had the ball or not. Right. But that looked to be Perez's best position, which made it a bit of a shame to see him being played out on the left again against Wolves, because I think we've seen enough now over the last few seasons to say Perez isn't, particularly decent on the left but in the number 10 role he looked he somehow looked physically stronger which isn't just about being playing there he obviously had a great game well as of on Saturday people seem to be uh, getting a bit down on Perez I mean I've done it a bit this season he's but I mean he did score against QPR he very nearly scored against Wolves Um, but yeah he is an example of a player who but this is the same for pretty much every Newcastle player. He's an example of a player who has not improved since we, we've got him. No, but he's got... I think the reason people are harder on him, it's the same we used to have with Sissoko and Wijnaldum, is because you know they're capable of better. Yeah. And there is a lot of potential with it. I, th- I don't think it helps him that he's so good on things like football manager that so many fans that's then true. think he's going to become one of the best players in the world because that's not going to happen. Well, currently, but he's young; he's going to have crap games. I should mention that we're currently in the offices of. I don't think I'm, I'm breaking any non-disclosure yeah. ag- agreements if I say that for the first time ever we're recording this in uh, Old Street in the offices of um, Sports Interactive, the company that makes Football Manager. The offices mm. are directly opposite a call centre where I worked for two and a half years. So I do feel physically sick. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, it's getting on a bit now, so probably most of the people behind Football Manager have, have left the office for the day. But if You're I thinking do, freebies? Well, I'm thinking if I do bump into one, one of them, I might take them up on uh, how much they overestimated Adam Campbell's career. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. There's yeah. been a few. Harris Vukic, they seem to continually overrate. Not so much anymore. Yeah. The one to get a couple of years ago, last time I was really into Football Manager, I mean, it is a great game. The one to get was always Yaya Sanogo. Uh, yeah. Did he, he went to Arsenal. Is he still there? I think he's still on their books, yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's on loan somewhere. I remember the 
Gianpaolo Pazzini team that I had. Him and Fernando Torres. This was like 2002 or something. Is he the guy who played for Chelsea? No, that's Peruzzi. Yes. Uh, Pizarro. Okay. No, he played for like Inter though. He was good. Okay. We digress. So... Um, anything else to say about the QPR game? Couple of good defender goals, Kieran Clark yeah. and Grant Hanley. Well, it was nice to see the the rotation working as well. Like Hanley was on the bench. I think was Clark on the bench as well. I'm not sure, but either way, they're not. Even if you're not getting in the starting eleven, you're still going to be included in the squad. I think it was good for Hanley to get on. You don't often see defenders brought on in games, especially when you're winning. But I think that's just. Because we have got two players for every position now, there's that thing of players will be brought on to keep them happy if we're comfortable in a game. Yeah, do you think... Um, Rafa's obviously quite well known for his rotation. Yeah. Do you think the main motivation for rotation is uh, fitness, keeping everyone fresh, or is it keeping everyone happy? Uh, fitness, I reckon. I think I'm trying to find it here, but I can't. But I think the the record Benitez teams have towards the end of a season is always disproportionately good, just because they're still fresh because they're not playing every week. But I think when you're chopping and changing it so much, there's going to be the odd game where nothing clicks, and we saw that the weekend against Wolves. But I think it's worth it for the to just have like a half tank left at the end of the season especially in the championship, which is so gruelling. Like teams are going to be knackered at the end of this season. I think it's, I think it'll come into its own then. And the fact we're still winning games and we're what third at the moment while we're finding out our strongest 11, which again, I think is a bit of a misnomer because we're not going to have a strongest 11 that's going to start most games. We're going to be rotating a lot. Mm, Yeah, I suppose like, yeah. Dwight Gale was scoring goals all over the place and then he was rested for the QPR game and we won 6-0. And then he... uh, Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. But then you... And then... I think you can't... Especially playing one up front, you can't leave Mitrovic, Perez and Murphy out of every game until Gale hits a bad patch because it's just... You have to keep some sort of unity in the squad. Oh yeah, Daryl Murphy got um, his first international goal for Ireland. Yeah, soon after signing for us, that was nice. And he should hopefully play tomorrow, Tuesday, if people are listening. Yes, uh, we are playing Wolves again in the uh, Carling Cup tomorrow night. The EFL Cup. The F. The FL Cup. Yeah. The. <laughs> Um, so Wolves are, one presumes, staying in town. This seems to concern you a lot. I think on the last part you were wondering, like, where are Wolves staying? Do you run a hotel in the area or something? Well, I, if I did, I would I would have been very much, I would have looked at the fixture list and I would have been <laughs> campaigning to get Finally it's board. happened. They're playing twice in the city. Well, I don't know. That's what you'd do, isn't it? You'd stay in town. Probably. I don't probably know why this is, the metro I don't know why this is like first on your list of things to look for with the cup game. Yeah. Where are wolves stay? I'm, 
It's a good question. Isn't it's it? an interesting angle. It is an interesting angle. Well, that's what I'm all about. They got. I'm like Angles McManus. <laughs> <laughs> so um, nobody will have got that. Yeah. Well, Alan McManus was would if he was listening. So, I mean, sorry. I mean, if I'm absolutely honest, I'm probably trying to cover up for the fact that. Uh, I don't get to see a lot of the games. <laughs> There's the problem with the championship, but we still get to win them. So let's talk about Saturday. We lost 2-0. Yeah. The first goal was, uh, I mean, you and I have both seen the highlights. The The first goal was an own goal from Mbemba. Yeah. And a fairly awful one as well. A pretty awful one. It's not one of the... I would say nine times out of ten, an own goal. You don't really blame the player. Yeah. But this was a bit... It's like a clearance in, what was it they used to got The corridor of uncertainty. Where yeah. Like, hopefully you get it away, but it might go in. This was a sort of, a fairly good finish. Yeah. So that wasn't great. And he'd he'd just been brought back into the side. And Bember as well, who looks like our best player. And you just think, is a, and he still is. He looks too good for the championship but I think there's no harm in these sort of bad results and the odd bad performance to just keep people in check well there definitely is a harm in bad results Paul yeah but I I worry about our fans expectations this season of like we're going to walk every game I think the Fulham game and the Huddersfield one weren't too bad for just getting everyone back down to because like where's the fun as well if you're going to go and steamroller every game. Oh, it's like playing a game. Do you not remember the Keegan era? I mean, I don't know we didn't win anything, but it was fucking yeah, but brilliant. Yeah, but that Remember was... that season when we like we started the season by winning six games in a row, I think? Or when we went up with Keegan in like 91, 92, 92, Yeah, but a lot of the time the wins are only fun because of the, the context you get from losing. Paul, come on! I'm trying to be an optimist here. If we won every game in a season, that'd be well good fun. But like uh, after a couple of years, it starts to get boring. Yeah, I do have the theory that I probably said this before that the fans of there are always there are always exceptions at moments in time. Like for example, us under John Carver. Yeah. But the fans of any club, no matter where they are, like from Real Madrid down to Dulwich Hamlet, the fans of any club are pretty much have got the same mood. Do you know what I mean? Like they're still like... It's like Arsenal win all the time, but their fans are always miserable. Yeah, but I think some aren't. I think there's a lot of... Well, Stoke fans used to have it. I don't think they do necessarily anymore. When they were new to the Premier League, especially, like every just being involved in the game was a bonus. I don't think that's necessarily right either. But I think I don't think there's any harm in the odd loss. Right. I think that's an odd sentence, but yeah, it I is. mean, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I mean, uh, if you won every week, it would be boring. So let's talk about the parts of the the highlights that we've seen. The defence looked pretty shaky. There were quite a few 
Yeah, it was a shame in a way to see Dummett and Anita starting again, especially when we seem to be all about rotation. We've got these two new fullbacks who I don't think have started a league game yet. Yeah, I guess he's trying to bed them in. and Yeah, I think at home against a Wolves team that by all accounts set up to defend, that's when you want some attacking fullbacks. So we've got true. Lazar and Yedlin who are both pacey. And both actually did will Yedlin get not out. start against QPR? He got a goal. No, he came on. Oh no, that wasn't QPR. Was but Wolves that? anyway. Um, but I just think I don't think it's a coincidence that teams that set up to frustrate us—that's when we seem to revert to our worst because we've not got probing fullbacks. There's no sort of movement for anyone to look for because there's no space. Suddenly, John Joe Shelby's having to play sort of 40 yard wonder balls rather than simple passes because there's no space. It just doesn't suit us. And I think even players like Atsu as well, you look at our whole left side. I don't know why Perez is starting on the left because really our two left wingers now are Gufran and Atsu. And if one isn't playing, then the other one should be in there. I thought Atsu was more of a right winger. No, I think he's left. So I'm full of shit then. Yeah. I, know, I mean, I shouldn't really be presenting a podcast on oh, We've all thought it. Yeah, no sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but just to have a bit more attacking intent. It would have been nice to see Lazar. I mean, Paul Dummett. Go on. Did I get his name wrong? You gave no. him a look. All right, okay. No, just, that was just the look at any mention of Paul Dummett. Uh, Paul Dummett was getting a lot of shit for Saturday. Um, thanks to his crossing ability or lack of yeah i saw a stat which suggested that when we lose games we put in more crosses which is a would imply one that's sort of our uh default position when things aren't working mm. out and two those crosses aren't very good well i guess when you have gale up front on his own it's trickier yeah. Um, but yeah, it may be time. I, one would hope that Lazar is going to. Yeah, well, we've waited his way this long team. for a genuine left back at the club. And now nice we've got one him, and we're yeah. not playing him. It just feels a bit cruel. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe he'll get a run out tomorrow night, do you think? Yeah, I think he will. But the thing with Dummett as well, I, there is some unfair criticism of him. But Paul Dummett's level is if he is playing left-back, is basically in a team that's set up to be deep and just counter-attack. It's not someone who should have the ball and be looking to undo anything. I don't think it's any coincidence as well with him and Anita at full-back. The two Wolves full-backs were in the team of the week for the championship because they just had nothing to deal with, really. I would say that in the way modern football has gone with the formations... The players who've got the rawest deal are fullbacks. Yeah. So suddenly now, in the last few years, they're basically expected to be two players. Pretty Because they get loads of shit if they can't defend. But they're also expected to be up by the corner flag, putting in crosses. They have to do the most work. Which, again, that's why I find it weird that they're the ones who haven't been rotated. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with rotating the team right. in this division. But we yeah. keep... Two players, neither of which are specialist fullbacks. They're the two that seem to start every game. And you look at going on there. Like, even the centre backs are getting rotated, yeah. aren't they? Because you, you might look say, at oh, a he's team, trying to have a unit. But you look at a team like Spurs last season; they rotated their fullbacks every week because 
that was basically the main like Trippier, Rose, I can't remember the other ones, but they would swap because of the amount of effort that was required for the way they played. Because they set up like us of having these wingers who aren't really wingers most of the time who are going to cut inside. And for Perez to play well on the left, you need a fullback who's going to be overlapping and actually dragging people out of position. If he's got Paul Dummett sat behind the halfway line, no one's moving out of position. Well, Dummett does get forward. He just doesn't seem like he knows what to yeah, do. Yeah, if he gets the ball, though, he'll pass backwards or pass sideways. There's no effort to take anyone on. Well, I saw people saying every game he sort of took a couple of touches, thought about crossing, and then passed it back to Shelby. Yeah, and that seems to be his thing. Oh, another stat we both saw. Up until... Oh, yes. Go on, you can have the well, pleasure is, of I, saying it. Well, I can't remember who it was on Twitter that said it. We really should credit them i think it was somebody who act check tot but i don't you can't think it credit was him. Some, you can't credit someone for a start stat is a start yeah but it's I a think fact who are you going to credit way, for who are going to credit for what who, what the capital of france is whoever tells me it okay <laughs> it's just a fact go on but they'd uh pointed out that under benitez this was before saturday so it's not applicable anymore we'd never lost a second half of a game now i have been one to uh, put a little bit of a, a dampener on the um, the uh, Messiah-like qualities that are given to Rafa, mm. just because I'm not into uh, Messiahs. But that is the sign of a damned good manager, yeah. isn't it? We've made everything about the Wolves game on Saturday was completely out of character. For like not just from the players, but from the manager and from the crowd as well, I would say. Well, maybe after um, such positive atmosphere around the whole club and a 6-0 victory, maybe there was a little bit of complacency in the yeah. squad. Perhaps. Because uh, Wolves had just lost, what, 4-0? They'd just lost 4-0, we'd won 6-0. And everybody thought we were going to walk it, yeah. including uh, the squad, so... Then oh yeah, let's let's. There's other things to talk about in the game. Uh, what happened with the second goal? Do you remember it? Oh, Perez gave away the ball. Yeah, didn't he? and then look, th- that was the weird thing as well. Perez suddenly looked completely different to the Perez against QPR, who was sort of more physical. Seemed to have got over the like he just looked like a unit, which yeah. I hadn't really seen from him before. Well, he did have the best chance of the game, not a bad shot. But yes, he gave away the ball and we conceded a goal. And then Anita was sent off. And that was never a red card. It was odd, wasn't it? We've seen, from what I've seen, we are appealing it. Are we? That'll be interesting to see what happens there because it wasn't two-footed. I mean, you could say his, his boot was raised, but I mean... At some stage, in every tackle, yeah. your boot is going to be raised. But a three-game ban It's like your, your boot is... is raised just to walk. It's but, just a part of physics. Yeah. Although, on the one hand, because we now have got depth at fullback, part of me thinks, well, maybe a ban wouldn't be the worst thing. We'll get to see Yedlin for a few games. Yeah. Yeah, that would, that would be... And Anita is the player who hasn't been rotated. Yeah, he seems to be one of Benitez's favourites. Um, I think because he's tactically disciplined, he doesn't go rogue at any point. Diame got a yellow card early on in 
or at least in the, in the first half, that to me looks, if not a red card, then it certainly looked like more. It had more of a case for a red card mm. than the Anita foul. That was. Do you think it's the championship's inherent anti-Dutch bias? Yeah. Kicking in again. Well, it's it's known for it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we all remember what happened to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can finish that sentence. Yeah, the championship is. It's always just had a problem with the Netherlands. <laughs> it really has. They, they've tried to get rid of it, but it just won't happen. Okay. So the next game is against our old rivals <laughs> from the Premier League, Aston Villa. Well, our next game's Chef Wednesday in the Cup, but then next league game. Not Chef Wednesday, Wolves, yes. Wolves. I keep and thinking we're playing Chef Wednesday okay. every week. It was... It's Wolves tomorrow night and grudge match. I guess Wolves, well, as we all know, they've probably been hanging around Newcastle in the hotel for yeah. the last couple of days. So, so they've probably extended, because they've probably, they've had the room for a while. They've got gym passes for the day. Yeah. Probably doing it on a day-by-day basis. But with any luck, they've enjoyed the delights of the big market. Are they getting homesick though? Are they getting homesick? Um, sure, they've got spa facilities. We're not debating that, but they've not not got their families around them. I would have thought that... <laughs> Let's go deep into this. Yeah, I would have thought that they will probably not be prioritising the Ethel Cup. Yeah. And we, although we're not prioritising it either, whatever squad side we field which will probably be a bit of rotation yeah will be stronger than theirs and there will be some there will have been a bit of a wake-up call and yeah and they'll be they'll want some revenge well the great thing about us now is we do have two full 11s that look capable of promotion from the championship yeah so rotation shouldn't be a problem for us the players just need to get used to rotation and used to playing in different combinations so who? So what do you think the score will be against Wolves tomorrow night? I think one all, and then it goes straight to extra time at this stage, doesn't it? I think. I think so. It better do. I, I think hate, we'll win in extra time. I hate replays in the in the. We always seem league to go cup. to extra time in the League Cup. Okay, I think we'll win it two nil in uh, in the first ninety minutes. That's what I think, Paul. Well, and then on. Saturday, Saturday, we're playing in the late kickoff. We're playing Villa. Yep, it's on Sky, so that's good. So we'll actually get to see ninety minutes of football. Yep. And uh, speaking of Villa, I saw that Lee Hendry was on the Channel Five <laughs> Championship show. Did you watch that? I didn't. Lee Hendry. Oof. Wow. He's a. He he's went a, bankrupt, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, but not through like it. wasting his money. He like invested in property, but still went bankrupt. Right, sixty percent of Premier League footballers go bankrupt. Fact, fans. Wow. Yep. Where did I mean? Where did he invest in property? Because it was before that, the crash, so he just got. But you know, I mean, I think he got divorced as well. Right. Like, like footballers quite often get divorced and lose half their money. Lee Hendry always. He looks like a guy who's done a lot of ease. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm not saying he has, but he's got that look about him. Yeah, legally you're not saying he has, but... No, I'm not. I'm not but you're holding up a sign saying he definitely has and winking at me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he has, but he definitely looks like he's done a lot of... He looks like he's the sort of guy who might run himself over after eating too many baked potatoes. <laughs> a Brian Harvey type, yeah. yeah. Um, so, we're playing Villa. They haven't had a great no, they're start to the season. terrible at the moment, and it's, it's great to watch. Yeah. Because we, as well, we've sold out the away end, asked for more tickets, and they won't give them to Newcastle, even though Villa have closed the stand for this season because they've got so few fans turning up. Why would that be? Yeah. Why? Ridiculous. Well, they just don't want... I guess for the atmosphere, you sort of want it to still feel like a home game. Yeah. Or is it about paying for policing or something? I don't know. Maybe. So, Either way, though, you just think... So it's another... Typical of that club. Right. So it's another Midlands team. We'll be getting the train down to Birmingham, possibly with the Wolves, <laughs> with the Wolves squad. <laughs> the, they'll have checked out in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so possibly. <laughs> um, Do you think any of them will stay after that? Do you think any of them will relocate to Newcastle? Well, maybe. I mean, I used to live in in uh, in Newcastle as a child, and after the tall ship, do, are you familiar with the tall ships race? I'm not. It's a it's a big event that is only big in the cities that it's been to. It's something where ships from all around the world come to ports, and it came to Newcastle in the late eighties. Yeah, and uh, some. Uh, Russian sailors and some Peruvian sailors ended up uh, marrying local Geordie girls <laughs> and stay, staying in the, the city. So perhaps having got to <laughs> stay... Maybe Carl Henry's found a bride while he's up there. Yeah, I hope so. So perhaps... Uh, so it remains to be seen how much of the Wolves squad will return to Wolverhampton Sorry for this digression, but we're playing Villa away. What do you think the result will be? I think we'll win that. Well, this is more what I hope than I think, but I think 3-0. They are terrible. But as well, they they still think they're a big club, so they will open up. I don't think it will be... The problem we seem to have is against teams that are just like sitting back, come and attack us, we'll get you on the counter. Well, they are a big club, Paul. This is what I don't understand. They've won the Villa. European Cup. They've won th- this is what I don't understand about Villa. David Cameron supposedly supports them. Mm. Prince William supports them. Tom Hanks. One of the only people... Tom Hanks, yep. right? But what I was going to say is, like, posh people. One of the only friends I've got who went that to Eton. Weird. I know someone who went to Eton. He supports Villa. What is... Are there, like, Eton day trips to Villa... Possibly. What is it about? What? Yeah. Anyway, okay. So, yes, I think we'll beat uh, the villains. Uh, I think 3-1. Yeah. I think it's, as well, we had a bad result at the weekend, but this season already is a lot more fun than last year. Oh, it's like winning 6-0 away in London... Oh, it's brilliant. It wouldn't have been even better if we were there. Yeah. Maybe we'll go up to Newcastle for a game in October, Paul. We will be up to... We will go to more games this season. Will we? I yeah. haven't been to one yet. Wow. Because they're all selling out. And we went to the Fulham game. Fucking in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did go to the Fulham game, didn't yeah. we? 
I've had a baby, but that's that takes care of itself now. Say that again? I've had a baby, but that takes care of itself now. Yeah, well, she's proven not to be the lucky charm. I know. We're all upset about that, her included. I hope so. Um, I hope you'll um, make it clear to her just, just how much she's let. Yeah, there's been words. Okay. I need to sort of bring this to a conclusion, don't I? Yeah. Is there anything else to say? I don't think so. I think we've covered pretty much everything. Okay, well, we should hopefully be back next week. Apologies for the week off. Sorry. It was, it was nice to see on Twitter that people missed the pod, though. That was, was very quite nice heartening. It's that good was... to know people are out there. We're not just doing this into the wind. It is good, because sometimes it's all the same people who get in touch on Twitter, and we appreciate we do. you getting in touch. But it's nice to hear from some people, some people that we haven't heard from. Uh, uh, okay thank you very much it's been lovely to spend uh, roughly 45 minutes in your company Paul <laughs> thank you very much and uh, thank you to you uh, the, Nas- the Newcastle Natter listener thank you Paul Doolan my name is Fergus Craig goodbye bye if you like this podcast come and join me Mark Webster for the Whistleblowers a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net and it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one Sports Social Podcast Network